The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 32 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com. And the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined as always. Once again, he's back. Independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Oh yeah, thanks for thanks for allowing me on my own podcast. I appreciate it. It's good that you decided to show up on Thursday. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you couldn't make it work for me uh, over the weekend. Let's pull. We like to pull back the curtain. Well, I'm pulling back the curtain now. You couldn't make it work for me. I I had a I had a, an engagement uh uh for a birthday party uh during the day and then I had to go actually participate in the pro wrestling business uh on Saturday night and uh I didn't get an invite even though the fight was at midnight to the uh to the party. You didn't. Uh, for the for the con. No, I don't I don't get invites to parties anymore. Apparently there was a summer. Oh, oh wait, no. The SummerSlam party he was talking about was my house, right? You being late. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, all right. So there, there's that. But I didn't get an invite to the Conor McGregor uh, Floyd Mayweather fight party. I got booted out of my own podcast for a week. Uh, what the hell's going on around here? Well, you're back. You're back. You're back, baby. Am I though? I don't know for how long. I feel like I've been booted. <laughs> I was booted off my podcast and our friendship group. Well. uh... Let's I feel like you had something to do with that. One thing at a time, Kingpin. One thing at a time. Coming up today, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more sinister snicker will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first, we are discussing a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. And the topic this week, no, Kingpin, it is not best ECW promo. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Woken Alex on Twitter, at CCalder21, was hoping for the ECW promo, and he actually sent us a promo, which was uh, the Dudley Boys being very vulgar on a uh, well, you ECW. Know what, Mike, do you know what I say to the people who wanted the ECW promo? What's that? They can all kiss my ass. Because <laughs> that's the only ECW promo you know, right? <laughs> it certainly is. Essentially. <laughs> All right. What did win? What did win this week is yeah, the... F- fuck you. You're the guy who said ECW was a net negative on the history of wrestling. So I was trying to bring something positive to it. I was trying to find something <laughs> good about ECW to talk about. But it didn't happen. Instead, today on the Wrestling Podcast, I want nothing on BDA Radio. It is a day in the life of a WWE extra. We had the opportunity a number of times, uh, thankfully, to be backstage with WWE as an extra. And we're going to kind of run through the entire day uh, of being backstage at Raw or SmackDown. And let's just say right off the bat, Kingpin, a lot has changed since the days that we were regulars. Well, not if we were regulars, but the days that we were backstage. (laughs) Would you agree with that? Well, I was at least a regular. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, you were. But a lot has changed, right? Uh, yeah, from what I hear now, they actually speak to the to the folks that they bring to TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about it on uh, this past Monday's <laughs> podcast on the NAI Wrestling Network. Just look up uh, WPAN. Search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. You'll find this feed. You'll find the NAI Wrestling Network feed. Subscribe there to get our Monday podcasts. This past Monday, I was talking to Brian Fury about how if you're an indie guy – you're kind of uh, persona non grata, and that yeah, yeah. was definitely the case when you were at 
TV. You were kind of, you were just a body. Yes. A security guy if they needed one. Funny, funny, uh, funny story. Uh, and you'll call me a shill after, after, uh, <laughs> after you hear it. But the differences of like going to something for like, um, Ring of Honor versus going to something to WWE. I mean, um, going to something for Ring of Honor, I, I dressed up and I was very uncomfortable and just like trying to stay out of the way. And then, and then, and then finally I was, I was told by a, a good friend, like, yeah, you don't have to act like that here. It's not WWE TV. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so Brian. Yes. You're a shill. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz yeah, you're the king of uncomfortable. I can't imagine the anxiety going to WWE TV, let's be honest. It took like 3 years off my life, the anxiety, and it took 27 off of yours. Uh I got used to it. I was a, I was a regular, <laughs> like I said. I I just kind of hung out with the boys in the back. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the end of it. It wasn't a, a, yeah, it was always a nerve-wracking day. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'm not fronting kingpin on this uh it, yeah it was there's always a little tension in the air um but i mean this is after the days where they'd have live dark matches in front of the crowd before the show so you had essentially no shot at getting in the ring in front of a crowd unless they ended up doing like some sort of squash matches on the show uh and it, it's kind of very rare that you get signed from being an extra on TV because you wouldn't really get seen. You wouldn't get the opportunity to get seen. We'll get into that in a couple minutes when we talk about in-ring stuff. But, yeah, it's Raw, Raw or SmackDown. I mean, I know you went to a pay-per-view once or twice. So there's probably even less to do, right? Because there's really no opportunity to get in the ring if you're there uh, a pay-per-view day. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I've actually the first one I ever went to was a pay per view. I've been to actually, I've actually been to quite a few pay per views uh, as an extra, and uh, the only time I ever did anything was at a pay per view. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, they, they most on those days you don't even you don't even typically get get changed because they're going over so so much when it comes to matches in the ring that they don't have time to to look at extras and you're there if they need a a druid or a security card or something or or a technician of some sort but i've actually i've actually been to quite a few pay-per-views but yeah like 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 you said there's not a ton to do unless they have a specific need in mind the year i went to the royal rumble they weren't exactly uh deciding if they're gonna throw any of us extras into the rumble let's put it that way (laughs) yeah um so before you even get there when you're Packing your bags. What what are you packing in your bag? I know we talked about this a while ago. Um, you wanted to have something for every occasion, right? When you're packing your bag to go to TV. Yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have, you know, my wrestling gear. Obviously, I'd have some workout gear, and depending on the the time frame, uh, you either sometimes it was okay to work out in your gym attire, and then other times they want you in full gear. So. Bring both. Um, I'd bring a pair of black pants that I wore, and then I'd bring an extra pair of black pants just in case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pair of jeans. I uh, brought brought some sneakers. I'd have a t-shirt of, of some sort. Uh, probably goes along with the gym attire, I guess. Um, usually like to have an extra dress shirt just in case. Just in case. Right. Uh, you know, but black pants, black shoes, that sort of thing. I think now the guys have to be in suits, I think is the deal. Um, is it? Because uh, the last few times I went, I wore a suit. I was uh, one of those guys at TV. Yeah, I think I think that's the expectation now. Um, so yeah, so it, it wasn't. Um, you know, when I first started going, it was just you know wear, um, you know wear slacks and and dress shoes and a nice shirt and um, I wore a tie the first couple times and I just got sick of doing that, so I stopped wearing a tie. But. All right, so on the day of Raw, call time is what, 1 p.m., 2 p.m.? Uh, it varied. Most time, like Early on, it was 1, and then it became 2, and then I think it moved back to 1. And I've heard recently it's like noontime now. I think I've been there around noontime before, just getting there early to be there. I, I, Yeah, I was always an early arriver. Um, I was always there before talent relations even got set up. I don't know. It's just getting there. You're going to be uncomfortable anyway, so you might as well like try to get there early before anybody gets there and settle in. <laughs> right. So when I would get in there, I'd, I'd turn my cell phone off before I even got in the door. Uh, I know today cell phones are so 
they're all over the place that I'm sure no one gives a crap, or maybe they do, but I, I, I was just paranoia that I didn't want to be on my cell phone and people thinking I was taking pictures of what was going on. So I always turned off my cell phone before I even walked in the door. But I, th- I think at this time, I probably had like a flip phone. So it was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I always left mine on. I just was, if I had to use it, I'd go into the bathroom. You know, I, I, it's, it's kind of funny. I think back to some of the instruction that, that we were given. And, and we got the shit scared out of us probably pretty unnecessarily as well. <laughs> I mean, I was afraid to do anything. If I had to take a dump, I would go like up to the arena and find like a bathroom that nobody was going to be even near to like even do that. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. That's a shoot. That's a hundred percent truth right there. Like I was afraid to take a dump in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, what about handshakes? As soon as you get there, you're shaking everyone's hand, right? Absolutely not. Like, no, I, uh, I was too afraid. I was. I tried to avoid human contact <laughs> at all possible. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We had the bejesus scared out of us. Like, you know, and and I don't. I don't think anybody was trying to intentionally give us bad advice. It wasn't that. It was just. It was just you know. Don't go there. Don't embarrass us. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't make an ass out of yourself. Like when in reality it was like, hey, go be a good person, but try to stand out in a good way, <laughs> you know. And that should have been the end of it. You know, don't be a shithead. <laughs> yeah. For when it comes to handshakes, I don't think we're we'd go seeking out large groups of people and like, you know, knocking on Vince's door saying, Hey, I gotta shake your hand, I gotta shake everybody's hand. But, you know, someone looks you in the eye, you walk up to them and shake their hand. If someone is in a group talking about going over a spot or something like that, or if they're on their f- cell phone in the corner, I wouldn't approach them. But yeah, someone you know someone's walking by down the hall, you shake their hand, say hello. That's yeah, I guess it's just common yeah. decency. Yeah, yeah, if the opportunity presents itself, you don't you don't don't go seeking it out. Don't walk around catering, bugging everybody. But if the opportunity presents itself, you you do it. Although I did one time stop Vince McMahon in a hallway that we talked about on this podcast before. So Yes, you did. That was after you had the spot with him on the chaotic shell, right? Yes. And there were actually a couple times where I was you know, where where Vince had thanked us for coming. I remember one time it was, I think it was me, Max, and a couple of other guys, and uh, the ring hadn't even been set up yet, and Vince was just kind of chilling and talking on his cell phone, and then he, and we were across, like, it was an ice rink, you know, it was a hockey arena, so, and he was on the other side, and he walked all the way over to us and thanked us for coming, and I thought that was just, that blew me away. Yeah. It absolutely blew me away. I never heard anything like that. That's 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 cool. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where thanks guys, thanks for coming, thanks for coming. Like I, I, I I've never, I, you know, it, you know the f- the funny thing is, um, of the people that I've that have gone out of their way at times to either make you feel uncomfortable or have not been so nice to you, it tends to be the higher, the the, the more important they are, the nicer that they that they tend to be. As weird as that might sound. So once you get there, Kingpin. You gotta find your place. You're carrying your bag in the door, and yeah. where do the extras the time, go? Yeah, the first the first time I went and put my shit right in right in the regular locker room, I had no clue. Yeah, I think <laughs> I did too, and I think I was told at one point someone came out to us, someone on the uh, you know on the food chain, and said, uh, "Yeah, you guys gonna move your shit out of the actual locker room. You have a extras locker room, which at one point once was it was under the bleachers." At the Fleet Center, yeah. Or TD Garden, whatever it is. Yes. And one time, we talked about this in our sixth ever episode of this podcast. One time, it was a tent. (laughs) We were in the extras tent. They set up a tent right near the gorilla position in the middle of the backstage area. And that's where we were. I think the weirdest one ever for me was a. It wasn't even a tent, at least because was a, it was down like a side hallway in a building, and it was like an annex. It wasn't even like a closet or anything. It was just like an annex that, and there was like a must have been like an office of somebody you know who worked there that wasn't there, and that was the extras locker room. There was no curtain up. There was nothing. It was just like a little annex, and Sabu changed in there with us. So there was that. <laughs> there was that, and uh, Mick Foley was in our tent for a little while. So that, sure was. We talked about that too in episode. <laughs> Man, you six. walked in on him, right? <laughs> yeah, a bunch of us did. Yeah, we were there for a pay per view. It was a SummerSlam. It was. This is where he wrestled Flair, right? Yes, and there was a uh, you know a, a bunch of 
spots with thumbtacks and such. And I think Mick was just uh, taking a moment of silence before he went out there and beat up his body a little more. And so he had his and head we were, down. And we were very much like, huh, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just turned on a dime and just walked right back out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the tent. So when... You check in. Do we check in at this point? Or we're there too early, probably, to check in, right? Yeah. So, again, that was a process that evolved over time, too. The, when I first started going, and I'm sure around the same time you started going as well, they just had your name, and you would just go up to, like, the cash the, – like, like, they used to do, like, cash draws for guys. And and you would just go up to – when I the first time I went, it was Tony Gurria. And then I think it later evolved to, like, Tim White. So you would just go. Your name would be on the list. And they would just hand you money, and that was the only thing. I think. I think maybe we had to sign like some sort of release. Yeah, um, a release, and I think you probably signed a um, like a receipt that you received the cash. Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah. When you got the cash, you signed, you signed that, and then later on, it evolved to, you know, you'd sign, you'd fill out like a a W four or whatever the heck, you know, whatever that form is, and. Um, and then all sorts of <laughs> different paperwork, and then even beyond that, the last couple times I went, you got checked out by a doctor, and and now it's even gone a step further. You have to have like a physical and blood work and all that stuff ahead of going to TV. Oh, is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> I remember checking in with the doctor, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, that was one of my last times there too. So once you're kind of uh, settled in terms of you get your gear in the right place. A lot of times you go out to the arena and sit there, right? You talked about sitting there across the way from Vince McMahon for, and you're probably there for hours that day, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I will say this: I was always a big fan of if you're getting there early, go hit catering before a lot of the guys get there, <laughs> just because it's it's not busy, nobody's in there, and you can just sit down and relax and have a meal and, and not be bothered and not be in there when there's a bunch of people that you don't want to piss off around. All right. So yeah, let's get to the most important part of the day: catering. Catering, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you you would go right away before you even showed up. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would generally, that would generally be like the first move. I, I always hated the move of waiting until after, like we would potentially get in the ring, and then it's you know, which it wouldn't be till like three o'clock, and if you're there twelve one o'clock, like you know, there's some guys that I've been with that that was their move they like to do. They, no, I don't want to eat beforehand. I don't want to eat beforehand. Then we wouldn't get in the ring, and then it's four o'clock, five o'clock, and catering is packed. <laughs> like I was a big, I was a big fan of going in. Nobody's in there. You sit down, you can eat, you can have whatever, like, nobody's bugging you. It's a good deal. In in Boston, the, the catering room is very, very small. It's tiny. Yeah. It's, tiny. So if you didn't get there early, like you said, you're not sitting down to eat. And even if you do get there and there's, like, some room, it'd probably be a little awkward to be, you know, just hunkering down at one of these like six or seven tables in the room with the uh you know the guys on the roster <laughs> might be a little strange right yeah and there and there was various times too where like a couple different times where like uh i think there was a brief period where extras weren't allowed in catering cuz somebody acted a fool at some point and and extras were banned from catering so i remember i remember more than a couple times where i made sure i brought uh a few protein bars with me to to get me through the day. <laughs> All right, so catering. I mean, we're we're gonna move on, but just know that catering is a very important part. Catering is the most important part. It's because they always had something good. They always had something delicious. It was great, and you could you could fill up. Yes, and you talked about uh, checking in with the doctor, which became kind of the rule later on at the times that we were there. And this must be done before you head down to the ring and try to work out. Uh, and I remember a time a couple guys uh, went to the ring before getting checked out or without getting checked out at all by the doctor. And they got banned for life. They were banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> from being uh, extra, from being in WWE. And uh, <laughs> I think we could just say that the ban has been lifted. <laughs> yeah, you're banned. One of the guys who was banned for life for not getting checked out by the doctor before they went down to the ring now has a contract. So, (laughs) so yeah, it was it was touch and go for a little while. He was uh, a couple of guys were uh, probably not feeling very good about themselves, but uh, 
They got past it. WWE got past it. Yeah, that's one of those things. That's such a you hear in the story. That's such a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because like, I mean, again, I'm not trying to like be negative or like like shit all over it. But there are times where the people are very annoyed at your presence there, and <laughs> which I can never quite figure out because it's like, well, you booked me to be here. <laughs> like, why are you so annoyed with like, and 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 not even like asking for anything extra or anything like that. This is just like going through the normal process of what you have to do with them. And the person um, who was in charge for quite a bit, um, and I think um, I think he's moved up now, Mark Carano, um, you know, would always be very annoyed with like having to get us the paperwork and <laughs> um, it just, it was just like, it was like a nuisance. It was like, why, why are you here? Like there was that, it was that, type of attitude and it's like well i don't know like you you booked you booked us to be here if you're this annoyed why do you book extra talent (laughs) like i never quite understood that mentality and so that was a damned if you do damned if you don't scenario if they had been late down to the ring then they would have gotten in trouble and not doing the paperwork they got kicked out so it was it was a catch-22 Yes, yeah, so thankfully, I know I know you're angling for a job, Mike. You don't want to say anything controversial. <laughs> God, so uh, you change into your workout clothes and you head down to the ring. Uh, so when you get to the ring, uh, some days on Raw, especially, there might not be time for a workout in the ring. It's probably more apt to happen on SmackDown. Is that correct? Yeah, different. Yeah, various at various times. Um, Again, everything always changed, you know. Everything was always, um, depending on if they were, you know, if they were, if there was, they were taping taping main event or whatever the hell it was, or superstars or ECW or, uh, I mean, I went for a pretty good stretch of years from um, two thousand like two two thousand three somewhere in there till about two thousand eleven, and in, in that time there was a lot of different <laughs> like incarnations of things and raw was always a difficult day to get in the ring because of the live nature of the you know of the show but if they didn't have anything crazy going on then there, there was an opportunity i, I but i mean I, I will say this more often than not i went to tv and never got changed that happened more often than 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 actually getting in workout gear and working out in the ring but when you did um and you got in there who was in the ring with you who was sitting there on the apron waiting for the tag and who was watching you while this was going on um i mean uh, there was you know obviously any, any of the other guys at tv um and then once in a while different people would sprinkle in usually a newer guy on the roster um you know newer guys would sprinkle in a little bit and work with you um you know during the NXT days there like the and like not not like NXT is now but like the television show NXT right you know the those guys would would be there and kind of be required to be down there working out and whatnot and and rolling around um i mean most times there was a good amount of people around the ring i don't know that anybody of importance was was um, watching. A um, little later on, they started to do more like organized, like, okay, we're going to have matches, and they'd put guys together. Um, and then you at least have like some of the agents watching. And of course, they, there's a camera on. I don't know if anybody's watching on the other end of that camera. Um, but, you know, sometimes at different points, it was a little more organized where uh, people would people would watch. Um, and then they, I think they would, at one point, they were like supposed to do write reports on us which just ended up being completely fabricated because they didn't sit there and do it with us they just kind of did it after the fact so they were literally just made up at that point before you had the organized thing it'd just be a matter of two guys starting to ring a bunch of guys on the apron and just tag each other in right that kind of thing yep just just chaining around just chaining around if one person tried to get in there too much they they'd kind of kick you out of the ring and make somebody different get in or then or, or if they just they needed to like work with somebody you know i remember quite a quite a few times stuff gets going stuff gets going then they clear the ring to work with like some of the divas at the time right okay that yeah that happened on more than more than you know if there was like a divas match and a lot of those girls were just very green and probably shouldn't have been pro wrestling on tv at that juncture in their careers and they'd really have to like choreograph the match time's up guys (laughs) clear the ring clear the ring yeah 
All right. So after the in ring workout, you're changing. Do you change back into your dress clothes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would. As soon as we were done, just get back in my get back in my dress clothes. You. I'm sure you'd run into the uh, locker room and take a shower, right? <laughs> no, nope. Nope. <laughs> well, most times I wasn't sweaty anyway. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no shower in the tent. No shower in the tent. <laughs> Maybe if one of the other fellows wanted to give you a golden shower, Mike, that'd be about oh, it. Oh, all right. All right. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, doors open. Um, the people start filing in. What happens with the extras? Do you go back to catering? Do you just go hide in the tent? My big thing was, well, one, I'd always like to try to, you know, once guys, you know, kind of filtered out of catering, uh, you try to go get that last sweep through while they're still bringing out fresh food before they pack it all up there. So I would always try to hit catering one more time, and then just I I like to wander. I I I was and I don't know if it was a good or bad thing. I always tried not to just always be with all the other extras. I always tried to get away from people a little bit here okay. and there. And if opportunities presented themselves, maybe I could talk to somebody, and it's more likely they might talk to me if it was one on one rather than there's four of us. Because a um, lot, yeah, a lot of times it was. Strength in numbers. Everyone who is booked together would kind of stick together and feel like more comfortable because they're with their pals. But you, you would try to get away from that and kind of be on your own. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I would try to separate myself. Um, you know, and it obviously didn't work. I mean, I'm sitting here on this podcast with you, so <laughs> <laughs> things took a terrible turn at one point. It looks like. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, so I, and then you just you try to find a place to watch watch the show. Um, sometimes there's a monitor. Sometimes you're watching on one of the little carts that have like a little, you know, twelve inch TV or whatever. And I remember once or twice the monitor was actually the raw interview set, the set you see on TV. Um, yeah. I mean, all, all the interviews obviously had to have been pre-taped and during the show where that set is with the monitor hanging down that's where they show the show and that's where people set up chairs and just kind of hung out and watch the event yeah i've been in a couple of arenas too where you can actually watch um behind the entrance as well you can actually watch the um the screen from behind the entrance like bridgeport connecticut was like that you could just sit right behind the screen so everything was you know backwards but you could watch the you could watch the whole show and and it, that was great too because I was up in the catering area so you just keep sneaking food and not sneaking <laughs> sneaking implies that you're not supposed to have it like they don't they literally don't give a shit there's there's more there's more than enough food to feed everybody in the building <laughs> I mean um, but you could just keep eating and watching watching the behind the screen and I've stuck out a couple times on the sides of the stage and kind of poked my head out there as well i mean yeah it depends on the arena like boston you could do you could actually do that um boston was a good arena for that um some of them you, you can't really you can't really do that i was also always afraid to go too far out you know because then if you can't get you can't get back Ma manchester was another good one for uh for doing that as well so you'd watch the show and it, there'd just be like you know, random guys from the roster sitting there watching with you. I remember one time I stepped on Chris Masters' foot by accident. <laughs> I apologized. I hey, that was for you, Brian Fury. I got him. Ba <laughs> I got him back like uh, retroactively. Stepped on his foot, and you know, Fury got his ankle broken by Chris Masters. But you know, anyway, that was my uh, experience watching the monitor. Anything when you were watching the monitor? I think you remember one time you talked about. Big Show getting upset with something that was happening on the show he was watching. Yeah, Tim White killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. That's what he got upset about. Tim White killed himself. <laughs> yeah, usually there's not a lot of, um, I guess, editorializing by the roster when they're watching the show, but a guy like Big Show has been there a long time. One of the elder statesmen, I guess, the rock, and just say that that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Any Denny. That was that was like the first time I ever went to TV too. Like that was <laughs> or one or one of the first times at least. It was it was pretty early on. I think that was the same day I, I ate lunch uh, and shook hands with Chris Benoit. Oh, all right. Let's just get yeah. away from that. <laughs> Did you talk about anything in particular? <laughs> uh no. I sat. I, it's funny. I sat at a table. Well, Br Brian Black who was Palmer Cannon was there and. He was very kind to us, and Chad uh, Chad Dick, 
Billy Kryptonite from Chaotic. So we kind of sat with them, and then like a lot of people came and sat on our table. And this is my first time at TV. Um, and Handsome was there uh, with me, and I was too scared to say a word to anybody. <laughs> so, uh, all right. That said, the night is ending. Raw is going off the air. The night is over. How does it end for a guy like the Kingpin Brian Malonis backstage at WWE? Handshakes all around. Nope, you slip out the back door and then watch people's faith. You watch people's uh, excited when you when your car comes up of uh, of the parking lot wherever it's coming out of, and then immediately get disappointed when they realize it's a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's banging on your windows, and then oh, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so overall, Kingpin, being at TV, good experience, bad experience, exciting, disappointing. What is your overall take on being an extra with WWE? Pretty disappointing. Um, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's cool in a sense, you know, to, to see the inner workings and, yeah, and like that part of it. But you're in the place you want to be for, you know, the complete wrong reason. Um, it's again, it's very different now. I always felt like, um, I was always scared initially anyways, because, uh, again, I think it was beaten into our brain. Like, don't do anything to, <laughs> to draw attention to yourself, you know? And, uh, and then I, I think a lot of the times there were a lot of, a lot of times there were, um, people went out of their way to make you feel uncomfortable or, let you know you were unimportant or you know and and again I, i'm not even talking about like you know important people i'm just talking about um you know guys who are jags just another guy like you know not not either you know um it's just again i i have found there in my experiences that um you know the more important somebody was the nicer they tended to be um, but I, I never quite understood the mentality towards um, the extras a lot of the time when I was there. And it was like you were a nuisance, you were a pain in the ass, you were in the way. Like, why are you here sort of mentality. Actually finding someone that's lower on the total pole than them. <laughs> I think I, I think that's part of it. I think shit runs downhill. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, it was always like a, a beacon of light, especially like once like, um, like Kofi was there or something, and I would see him and run into him and be like, "Oh my god, finally somebody who's going to be nice to me, <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody who I can just like have a normal conversation with and just and just be cool with for a second. Um, you know, um, I mean, and disappointment from the fact that you know a lot of times I didn't change, I didn't wrestle, I didn't do anything. I just went and stood around uh, for three days in my dress clothes and uh, got paid pretty well for it and ate some good food, but. Ultimately, that's not why I was there. I was hoping to parlay that, obviously, into a a bigger opportunity. When in reality, a guy of my size was probably never going to get a dark match, and I probably would have been better off go, trying to go a different route to get noticed by them. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm 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 happy in a sense, like it was cool to go get those experiences and be there and kind of see the the backstage of it but as far as like did it do anything for my career absolutely not i it did zip zilch nothing for my career well i mean i guess we should say again that this from what we understand is not what's going on today are you jealous of what's going on today where there seems to be actual structure actual feedback and guys that are excited to have uh possible future wwe talents there as extras no, I mean I'm not I'm not jealous. I'm happy. It makes me happy that um, guys can go there and, and get looked at and um, you know actually actually maybe create an opportunity for themselves. Um, I think we went in like a weird in between time where it was kind of after the days of dark matches and whatnot and before like they had this this structure in place and um, so it was just I mean wrestling everything's in the entertainment industry is timing right so. Um, maybe in this instance just bad bad timing and um i mean i'm different so i was never going to be a guy who nobody's ever gonna just look at me and say you know not there and say god damn it we gotta we gotta sign this guy or i I think i'm somebody that needs to make an impression in a different way not not just like 
go to TV because again, I the closest I ever got to a dark match was when they lined three of us up and you know and they chose they chose somebody different. You know, I was not going to be a guy that they chose for a dark match and um. Much like your assessment, to, it wasn't a net negative of my career. It was a net. It was a net zero. It didn't. It didn't enhance my career. It didn't hurt my career. It was just something I got to do. So I guess from that uh, aspect of it, to go um, and and see the the behind the scenes on how a, co- a company works that I've loved since I was like three years old, that that part of it's pretty cool. But from the actual career standpoint. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't want to sound like we're not grateful either for the opportunities we got. I mean, it's yeah, like it's like you said, great to be backstage, great to see it, great to kind of in a very small way be a part of the machine for a day. Um, but yeah, I mean, is I I enjoyed the experience. I didn't really expect anything to come out of it, and really nothing did come out of it. Uh, just like it did with you, <laughs> but uh, I, I I mean, I enjoyed different things. I, yeah, I don't want to sound negative or like. Like bitter, so I'm not bitter. I'm not disappointed or anything. Or I'm, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not. I'm like bitter or angry or anything like that. I just, I look back at it from a career, just strictly in a career standpoint. I'm not talking about like the coolness factor of like, hey, yeah, shit, I got to be backstage at WWE and and you know, see see you know some of the biggest stars in the history of the business. This is more from a career standpoint. It just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you guys think about our discussion on a day in the life of a WWE extra? We love your feedback, and we will talk about it on a future episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. And now it is Merv Griffin time, where we'll get into your feedback from last week. It is named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. Of course, we do voicemails over on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. Get yours in now. We will talk about it on Monday. Call 401 580 That's 401-584-WPAA. And we'd love to have you call and talk. give us your feedback about this this podcast here. I think it's been a good one. So the way to participate here in Merv Griffin time, however, is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Okay. Monique. Monique Giselle. At underscore Monique, Monique Giselle on Twitter says, listening to at the WPAN, I must admit, I am joining the salty side of Brian Malonis. This is uh, the SummerSlam edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. The Kingpin, a little salty there when it came to reviewing the show. Yes? That's tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did get some, some shit from, uh, from uh, Mark Green over my uh, assessment of the, the beach ball. Really? What did he have to say? Yeah. He, well, he said, yeah. You know, he said, well, if they put out a product that that was compelling for the audience, then people would be playing with beach balls. So my my response is this: If you go to a movie that you don't like, can you just pull out a fucking beach ball and start batting it around? If you go to a comedy show you don't and they're not, you're not enjoying it, can you just pull out a beach ball and start batting it around? Is that acceptable now for? Uh, for entertainment if you're not if you're not liking what you're seeing is that okay yeah the, the only way to protest the only way to protest is to walk out or not yeah. go to begin with who gets the last laugh there like it oh my god i can't believe the gall of them to play with beach balls like no they don't give a shit they'll kick you out take your beach ball and oh by the way they got your 300 dollars for floor seats thank you yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Kyrie Swerving at a guy named Max. He says, Crocs socks, if you're having a hard time watching before, I feel like SummerSlam did you no favors. Um, yeah, SummerSlam, I mean, the main event was great. It was a spectacle. Um, the rest of the show was okay. For what you, what you saw. You you missed the you missed one of the best matches of the night. <laughs> I, I did miss two and a half hours. You, you of the had show. the gall to give me shit for missing Takeover, and and you missed one of the best matches on the second big best or second biggest pay per view of the year. So I was a little late, a little a little late, a little late. What can you do? What can you do? Uh, okay, we talked last <laughs> Thursday about NXT. Kingpin. Speaking of NXT TakeOver, Steven at HHHGuy2004 says, wait, how did at Crocsox watch NXT without a WWE Network subscription? Brian, you really should encourage this login sharing scheme. 
and there is no scheme. I talked about it. I went to a friend's house to watch. We had a nice little party. We got together. We watched NXT together. So oh, I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. It sure did. You, you were booked, weren't you? Yes, I was booked, Michael. You're always booked, Kingpin. And we'll talk about that shortly as well. Um, okay, also, Tony S. At Referee Tony S. on Twitter from Check of the Boots Podcast. He says, last week, kudos on the Jay Gillette reference. A great guy. I talked about, uh, yeah, taking a bump from... Jay Gillette and thinking I was going to have a black guy. It was Jay Gillette and Louis Ortiz was the match. And uh, so, yeah, that was the early days of my professional wrestling career, a local guy, Kid USA. So, Tony S., part of the Checking the Boots podcast, they are back. They put out a new episode of Checking the Boots. Find that wherever podcasts are available. Tony S., Chip K. Fabe, support those guys over at Checking the Boots. And speaking of support, how about supporting at Big Bacon Brad, his new Twitter handle, Brian. He says, I'm sure it's making at Brian Malonis a proud little kingpin. Yes, I gave him the idea. Oh, you did? Yes. There you go. Even though you uh, don't seem to like him very much these days. No, we're fine now. Oh, you're fine now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw the error of my ways and beat up Wrecking Ball. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Michael, you should know this better than anybody. I cannot be trusted. <laughs> That is that is for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, John Morris, at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N. Of course, my best friend on the planet, who he told Brian Fury that I was his best friend, and of course I am. Thank you, John Morris. He says, great episode with Brian Fury. Now, has Crocsox appeared at more wrestling shows or New England Pro Wrestling Academy fantasy camps this year at Brian Malonis? Fantasy camps. Easy, easy answer. And uh, I will say this. John Morris stole the show. Uh the, not, not that it was not that it was a tall task with you and Brian Fury, but John Moore stole the sh- stole the show this week with the with the Tommy Young reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian Fury tended to uh, really like that one as well. So kudos to John <laughs> Morse, my best friend. Uh, Brian, you posted a picture. Let's uh, end on this, I guess. You posted a picture <laughs> uh, that I had shared, or, or actually my wife might have shared as well on Facebook of myself from a number of years back with a can of Rockstar Energy. Apparently, back in the day, Mike Mongoose, who is a listener of the show, uh, hello, Michael Mongoose, and he posted a picture of when I was at a brief cup of coffee, cup of coffee, a cup of coffee in Ring of Honor. Uh, I was hanging around there, roughing some stuff, and they were trying to get a sponsorship with Rockstar Energy Drinks. And they decided the best way to try to get Rockstar on board was to have me take a picture with a can of Rockstar <laughs> Energy. Jeez, I can't figure out how they didn't get the sponsorship. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a I don't know how that happened. Of course, uh, some of our friends here maybe have a different take on the whole thing. At New Age Insiders on Twitter, of course, are the Grand Poobahs of the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Uh, he says, serious ref appeal. Yes, thank you. At OK Fabe, our friend Connor says, I don't ref often, but when I do, I do it with a rock star. <laughs> and then Tony S chimes in and says, stay energized, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Very funny. Um, Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut says, not exactly a ringing endorsement for that particular brand of energy drink. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't really like your tone there, Glenn Abbott. I don't appreciate that one bit. And finally, Big Bad Harmon. At Harmon316 from the Main Event Podcast. I'm not sure if I should even plug his podcast after the way he treated me on Twitter. First, he says, I look like I rode the short bus to school. Whoa. And then he says, this is the face of fetal alcohol syndrome. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Good. What did I ever do to Big Bad Harmon? I will will say this, Mike. I will will say this. I thought your head was very uh, rectangular. (laughs) <laughs> and I never noticed that before. <laughs> I, I had a very uh, strong jawline. It's much more rounded these days. It's a little softer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, uh, one last thing I almost forgot. 
David Arati's question of the week. Here it is. Kingpin. This one directed to you. He says, I recently came across an interview that you did with Leo Connors on YouTube. I was surprised to find out that you actually grew up in Manchester, New Hampshire. With that being said, what is your connection to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and why were you announced to be from that city for so many years? <laughs> well, uh, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I became a Steelers fan uh, because my pops was. um, So that was kind of how we bonded. Um, He became a fan like in the 60s before they were even good. Um, And that was just just how I bonded with my pops uh, was over that. And um, I didn't want to be from Manchester, New Hampshire because I figured um, not a lot of guys be from Manchester, but I, I, I don't know. I wanted to sound like I wasn't from around here um like like because i figured i don't know you figure you work in the new england indies every every guy is going to be from you know you know fall river mass or north andover mass or tooksbury mass or whatever so i i thought well you know and, and a lot of times i was a heel so i was like well that, that'd be pretty good and, and i like the steelers anyway so that's cheap heat brother and uh, Leo connor is doing a ton of interviews over there you can look him up on youtube he's a good guy and uh does a lot of stuff on YouTube interviewing independent wrestlers, you included, Kingpin. Yes, yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun going on with Leo and uh, Derek Dukes as well was uh, uh, was there. But yeah, it's uh, it was a fun interview, and, and Leo does good stuff. All right, well, thank you to everyone who's a part of Murr Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. You put over Leo Connors, Kingpin, I'll put over Putting Over Podcasts, the Facebook page. All you got to do is put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts, join the Facebook group. It is a community of pro wrestling podcasters and pro wrestling podcast fans. It's not just about the WPAN. It's about all podcasts. We got over 200 people in there talking about all things pro wrestling talk. So please Join the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. Come and join the conversation. It's been a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, I'll do a nice transition this time into Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast with Mike Mills. Of course, he's been talking to Jim Cornette recently on the podcast. That's his big get. His, uh, you know, his big get. Yeah, Jim Cornette. So make sure you find Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. They do two a week. They do the Sunday Smoky Mountain Show and the Thursday Flagship Show. It is all on the podcast feed of Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast folks, Jason, who you mentioned earlier, Mark Green, a.k.a. Mark Green, and Troy are handling the Flagship Show on Thursdays. Plus, you got the Rundown Sit Down Part 2 with Jason Rumble just went up. I'm listening to that right now really enjoying the talk from uh, a new england legend jason rumble so make sure you check out the rundown wrestling podcast feed for a ton of stuff over there and uh, tell them that we sent you over here on the wrestling podcast about nothing okay on this podcast though we have made the effort to establish a very unique very exclusive hall of fame now in life as in wrestling kingpin the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter I think back to those immortal words once uttered by Tarzan Taylor. He said, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So, with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. <laughs> Legion of Doom and Davy Boy Smith. Take a good look. And our team, Dorian Express and the Warlord. We're coming for you at the NASA Coliseum. You think you got the overall size and power, but we've got speed, agility, and power of our own. I know what the Orient Express is going to do to Legion of Doom. And it leaves you, Davy Boy Smith, to me. And I've got a special surprise for you. That's right, <laughs> Warlord. Let me tell you something, Legion of Doom. We're going to take you and make you suffer so much. Because Mr. Fuji's training is so hard. Every day, we can't stand it. So we're going to take it out on you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, the very formidable team of the Orient Express and the Warlord, along with Mr. Fuji and Slick. Let's throw them all this week, Brian, into the Heel Laugh 
Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you think? Of course, headlined by the Warlord, who opens with a fantastic heel laugh and ends with the same. The standard big guy crazy laughter, which is standard for guys like that. <laughs> it's too bad the Warlord couldn't move or cut a promo, because that dude looked like ten a million dollars. Yes. Holy smokes. I think he's like I think he's still like a bodyguard for for somebody like a, like a like a famous person now. Like I a, do I remember, yeah, like, something about that. If you uh, remember what that is, or if you can send us a link, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. I do remember something like that being out there. With, and he's, uh, I saw like a picture. He's still a monster. He's got to be in his fifties. Something like that. Yeah, he's a huge, huge individual. And you know, you're in trouble when the talker on the entire team is the warlord. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to point out one little thing here. At the very end of the promo, you have – I talked about all the guys that are there for this promo. And the only contribution from the Doctor of Style Slick is a little heel laugh of his own. Let's see if I can isolate this here so you can hear just Slick's contribution at the very, very end of this promo. Listen up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just this. Let's play it one more time. <laughs> Slick got paid for that, ladies and gentlemen. But regardless, it is a heel laugh. And all of those guys, the Orient Express, the Warlord, Mr. Fuji, and Slick, all members of our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. And if you want to see them in all their glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on bda-radio.com. King Pit, we're running really late. You talked a very... You talked way too much today on the podcast. You're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend, doing that pro wrestling gimmick. One more time, where are you headed this weekend? Saturday afternoon, buddy. Before, before our before our engagement that night, I'll be going to wrestle down in Mansfield, Mass. for Top Rope Promotions. Check out Top Rope Promotions on all your social media platforms. Mansfield? Yeah. Wow, all right. Top Rope Promotions, brownpapertickets.com? I'll be, yes, I'll be nice and sweaty and stinky for our, uh, for our partay that night. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, if you want to book the Kingpin, email BrianMalonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with our buddies Chad Alden and Paul St. Emma Jr., the Armbar Boys. Head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Okay, we will be back next Monday with episode 72 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Then you can catch us back here in one week for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Until then, here's the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>